0: Hello. Hi. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Um, Welcome, everybody. Uh, I am a uh, compulsive overeater and crazy person. Um, Hi. Do I say my name? I don't know. Mike? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm Mike. Compulsive overeater and crazy person. Hi. Thank you, Lucy, so much for asking me. Um, Honestly, this is my first live meeting since, like, March, I think, March 5th, 2020. So this is really weird. Um, especially because um, you know meetings were really my lifeblood before the pandemic, and um, it's really it's really odd. And I used to come to this meeting; it just feels weird. Um, so I'm going to try to get over this weirdness and uh, be normal, which is almost impossible for me. Um, okay, so I'll start uh, at the beginning. What it was like, and it was really bad. Um, I. Um, I just ate over everything. I ate um, I ate over being sad, being happy, being bored, um, and mostly because eating for me was the way that I felt like a human being. And that's because when I was a kid, my dad was a marathon runner. And my dad would, like, take thirds, fourths, fifths, sixths. I'm like, I'm not kidding. And I would try to, like, bond with him to keep up with him. It's like, so if he took fifths and 6 I'd be like, well, I'll take fifths and six portions of spaghetti and meatballs. Except for the next day, he would get up and run 17 miles. And the next day, I would stay home and watch TV for 12 hours. So uh, so uh, I became a little bit overweight, to say the least, And, um, and so food really was my, my way of trying to connect, and, um, and, uh, and that just carried over as a, as an adult. Um, that was the way, you know, everything was arranged around food, that was the way that I felt good about myself, except that when I was done and I took force and fist and six again, I, I had another issue. And so, um... You know, by the time I, I, I um, was mm, was I I was in a relationship with somebody who had started OA and she very gently nudged me and said, "Hey, I think you w- may have the same issue that I have." So um, I went with her to a few meetings, and I realized that I um, that I really identified. Uh, You know, really what was going on at that time was that um, I was unbelievably um, arrogant. Um, Nobody could tell me anything. I was always right about everything. I was in a creative business where I was really bad at collaborating and in a business where you really need to collaborate to get things done. So I was shooting myself in the foot all the time. And probably worst of all was from 10 p.m. till 2 a.m., I would... Sit in front of the cupboard, basically, and go back and back and back. Sitting in front of the TV till two a.m. and just stuff my mouth. And um, and it wasn't good. Um, I was I was sort of um, covering up some deep hurt and trauma and unhappiness. Um, so I came into these rooms and I, I I really identified, but I didn't understand the program. I didn't really get. What this was all about the 12 steps didn't mean very much to me and um, you know for those newcomers um, i really didn't know how to behave in this program and you know one day uh, uh, a woman came up to me and says hey i see you coming to these rooms and like you've been coming for like kind of like weeks maybe months and you just sit in the back with your hat pulled down and you don't participate and i want you to make a a commitment to me that you're going to raise your hand in the next three meetings and um, that really got on my nerves, um, um, but I uh, I made the commitment, and I did. I raised my hand in the next three meetings, and I got called on every time. And I was like, "Oh, Jesus!" Um, yeah. so, so I so I had to um, I had to I had to speak. I had to reveal myself, um, and you know, really, honestly, at the time. Um, there wasn't like a ton of guys in the program, so um, I felt I, I felt very uncomfortable. I felt incredibly vulnerable, but I shared. I shared those three meetings, and every time I shared, um, somebody would come up to me after a meeting and say, hey, man, I really relate. Um, thank you for sharing, and I started all of a sudden, I started to become a little more comfortable being... In the program and identifying as a compulsive overeater and being one of many. And actually, it was through starting to share that, you know, some guy, uh, not some guy, guy came up to me and was like, hey, do you need a sponsor? (laughs) I was like, look, (laughs) some guy. And I was really nervous about the whole thing. I was like, oh shit, a sponsor? Then I have to really do something in this program. So I, I said yes, and so then I got my first sponsor. And um, the thing that was really, really upsetting to me was that my sponsor would talk to me in a really kind, nice way, <laughs> and I could not handle it because, frankly, you know, um, I I came up with an abstinence that may seem really silly and slight to you, or it may not, I don't know, but to me it was like, it was monumental. You know, my abstinence was no seconds. I only take one portion of food. I do not eat after 10 p.m. at night, and I do not eat bread baskets or chip baskets at restaurants because, mother of God... (laughs) Those were it was like talk about self esteem killers. I mean bagels were bad, but, but chips and bread baskets, man, was a death of me. I would I would I would eat like three and four chip or bread baskets before the meal would come every time. Um so that was my absence. And it sounds simple, but the fact of the matter was is man, I could not put more than three weeks together. It was like every two or three weeks I would just break my absence. I'd, like, I'd like I like I and I I came clean with my sponsor. I was like, dude <laughs> I uh I ate after t- sec I mean, I, have to, I ate after ten or I ate from a bread basket or I, I had seconds, like I didn't know what I was thinking, it was like unconscious, I was like not present. And you know, he said the worst thing I could ever imagine and he goes, It's okay, tomorrow's a new day <laughs> And I was like <laughs> I was like, Are you not gonna like yell at me or like, you know, chastise me? Because why should I? That's how you speak to yourself. I'm not gonna speak to you the way you speak to yourself. And he was right, because you know, after speaking with me, you know, the way I spoke to myself, I was always like, Oh, I'm an idiot, I'm a moron, it's like I have no self control, I'm an asshole. It's like I would not speak to my friends like the way that I spoke to myself. So I had this guy who just was like, Yeah, tomorrow's a new day. I was like, What well, really? That's it? Like I can just start again tomorrow, yeah. You can just start again tomorrow. Just because you lose your abstinence doesn't mean you lose your program. I was like, wow, that was like, it was mind blowing to me. Again, all these things maybe sound really simple, but it was super mind blowing. And then he said this thing, which I know you guys probably, but at the time I had never heard this before. He goes, he goes, if you're taking a trip from L. A. to New York and you break down in Nevada, are you going to go back to L. A. and start again? I'm like, no. He's like, so? (laughs) Okay. That's okay. It's okay if you break down Nevada. You know what you do? You change your tire in Nevada, put the new tire on, keep going to New York. And wow, that was really, really mind-blowing to me. And, you know, I have to say that, you know, one month, two months, three months, four months of of this, of my sponsor just – being so gentle and kind and forgiving and and um, just being okay, you know. Like tomorrow you call, you call, you know. He had me call every day. Every day we did a question in the in the uh, OA workbook. So he was like, "Tomorrow, just call me up in the morning. We'll just do another question." It's like, "Wait, what?" Okay, and we kept going. I called him every day, and. Um, All of a sudden, uh, six months into it, and so just for you, you know, for the newcomers, um, it took me six months to get my abstinence. Um, And six months of that, those simple steps that I could not put together. And it seems, you know, now it's like when I think about it, it's like really you couldn't stop eating after 10 p.m. Like it's. but no, I couldn't. I actually could not. I could not stop myself because I am an addict. I am an effing addict all the way across the boards. And um, six months down the road, all of a sudden, I, I, I put four weeks together. And I, 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 got a, I got a chip. I was like, oh, my God. And then all of a sudden, I put three months together. I put six months together. I put nine months together. And by golly, um, that was uh, September, <laughs> September 11th. Of course, my, my <laughs> abstinence is September 11th. I mean, <laughs> make that about me. Um, September 11th, 2010. 2010. We are now 2022. I have not eaten after 10 p.m. since 2010. That is crazy. I have not eaten from a bread basket since 2010. I have not eaten from a chip basket since 2010. And I haven't taken seconds of my meals since 2010. It is miraculous. And it is not me because I don't have the willpower to do that. I am a fanatic, f- man. I can't do this. It's because of this program. It's because I realized that I had to give my will and power over to a higher power. I had to give myself over to meetings, to the 12 steps, to other fellows, to committing to calling my sponsor every single day and listening to some dude who I didn't know six months earlier and talk nicely to me and like be kinder to me than my parents ever were, who like looked out for me more than my parents ever did. It's like and the dude wasn't getting paid nobody was forcing him to do it, it's just because he was trying to teach me these are the tenets of the program you just accept life on life's terms and you try your best to care about other people, and I have to say, you know, so not only did I change my eating habits, but you know, this is not just a, a program about oh my god, I, I can't, I can't, uh, can't control my eating, but it's also I couldn't control my life. I mean, my life was out of control. Like I was, I was. I was not a good collaborator on any level. It really was like I just thought I knew everything about everything and you could not tell me any different and just it just hurt me and hurt me and hurt me i was the I was the victim of my own stupidity and through this program, um, not only did my eating change but Actually, the way that I showed up in the world changed. The way that I showed up as a worker. The way that I showed up as a life partner. The way that I showed up for as a son, as a brother, uh, as a friend. Um, really radically changed. I, I, I became available... to be a person who did not know everything. I became available to be a person who was open to the idea that maybe other people knew better. I became available to listen instead of talking. And I have to say that changed so much in my life. It changed the way that all of a sudden like in my work like I had a whole long history. I was... Even though I was successful, I had a whole long history of working with people who did not want to work with me again. <laughs> I, I, had a, I have a feeling that like I got on people's lists of being life too short. List. <laughs> um, and, uh, and that's not a list you really want to be on. And then all of a sudden, I started working with people who want to work with me again. It's like, oh oh my God, this is really a new and different way to show up in the world. And, um, and it was just more evidence, right, that I don't know what's best for me. I don't know how to behave in the world without help. I don't know how to be in the world without being one of many. And it is the miracle and magic of this program that set me on that road and nothing else, honestly, nothing else. So, you know, the the fact of the matter is, and you know, radical honesty is, is really important, is that I was working a program so diligent and so hard you know I would show up I think I was probably going to seven to ten meetings a week uh, I think you know um, I was I was showing up in the mornings and showing up in the afternoons sometimes at night but I was showing up I was showing up for myself and um, then everything changed when I had a kid I just all of a sudden you can't, you know, all of a sudden, you know, your life isn't your, I mean, if you're a good parent and, you know, through the, through the amazingness of this program, you know, I was able to take, take a stroll down the, 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 the backstory of my life and figure out how I got to where I was. And, you know, by the time I had a kid, I knew that I did not want to be the kind of parent to my kid that my parents were to me. So I wanted to do everything different, and instead of you know what they did was put me last. I decided I actually to be a good parent is like you got to put the kid first. So all of a sudden it became very difficult to go to seven to ten meetings a week, um, and that was that was a that was a, a, a real big change. It was a real big change. How do I keep how do I keep my program? but changed the way that it looked. And um, honestly, it became very hard. Um, I don't know, if, you know, for those of you who have kids or know somebody on TV with a kid, it's, it is not an easy task. Um, and, you know, you, you don't get a lot of sleep. And I was, uh, I, I got shoved with the, with, the night, uh, with the night shift. So I was feeding them every night, all night. And let me tell you, guys um, you know going uh, that cupboard was like 10 feet away at 3 in the morning when I'm sitting on the couch there it's like boy that bag of chips sounded real good a lot of nights but um, I um, I had a sponsor who you know told me that text me any time of night you know my phone if I'm up I'm up if I'm not my phone's off. Don't worry about it. And I have to say, you know, 90% of the time at 3 in the morning when I was sending a text, like, I didn't get an answer. But just sending that text, just sending that text changed the, you know, the the, the synapses in my brain, you know. It, it, it changed my thinking. It was like, oh, it, it, went, it sent me from the addict to the recovering addict, from the addict to the recovering addict, where it's like, oh, right, I don't want to eat those chips at 3 in the morning and I have to say you know um, it got to the point where I didn't have to send those texts because I sent enough of those texts um, over the course of a few months where then it got my thinking again to be like oh it was almost like going to meetings um, but just being connected to the program in any way shape manner form that I could was just the greatest thing in the world, and you know, and thank God that I had you know phone relationships with with a bunch of people at that time, and you know, um, for those of you who find uh, the phone to be really heavy and it's and it's not the easiest thing to call people you don't know, and it's like oh my God, I don't want to burden somebody with my with my OA issues, and it's like how trite does it seem? Like oh, I can, I don't want to eat a bread basket. Well, you know, what I know is that I never have gotten a 12-step call that felt like a burden, ever. It's always like, oh my God, thank you. Because you're helping me help you, which helps me. It's like, oh yeah, that's right. I'm a freaking addict, man. And there is going to be a time at 3 in the morning when I'm going to need to make that call. And picking up for the other person is making sure that they know that there's somebody there that just filled my 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 soul with recovery, and when you can fill your soul with recovery, you're not going to eat that next day and you know one of the one of the greatest one of the greatest um tenants that my that my sponsor gave to me you know was the idea of like don't worry about the next week or even three days, you know. It's sometimes it's minute to minute recovery. Sometimes it's second to second recovery, and sometimes it's twenty-four hour recovery. You know, can you just hold out for the next twenty-four hours? And that was so invaluable to sit in the minute and to sit in the present because I was, I was such a you know, my attic brain is always either in the past or in the future. Or in coulda, woulda, shoulda. And when I can get present, that's when I can get recovery. So like I know now that if I'm in the past or if I'm in the future, I'm in trouble. I'm going to eat over the future. I'm going to eat over, oh my God, I don't have what I want. Or, oh my God, I didn't get what I wanted back there. But if I can stay present, if I can stay in the moment, if I can stay in the minute to minute, and then bring in a higher power, and you know that's you know I I was blessed that I came into this program. I already had a very strong connection to uh, something greater than myself, so that wasn't an issue for me. Like I didn't you know, I, I didn't question it. Um, I, I I embraced that part of it because um, I've always been a very spiritual fellow and. Mystical weird things have happened to me my whole life. Um, but if I can stay present and be in acceptance to where I am in the moment and then bring in my higher power, a power greater than myself, and just say, please, you know, help me get through this next five minutes, um, I'm, I'm in good shape. And I could only get to that spot by having the support of a great sponsor, of great fellows, and going through the 12 steps, and, you know, really, um, when I could, coming to meetings. Um, I don't think... I, I Honestly, I maybe... I, I would say my whole time I've been coming to meetings, I could probably maybe count on maybe three fingers uh, going into a meeting... Um, and feel and leaving it feeling worse. <laughs> I, I, I mean, honestly, I would say, you know, 99.999% of the time, there you come into a meeting and you just come out feeling so much better and saying, oh, thank God I went to that meeting. Thank God I heard this thing. Thank God I connected with this fellow. Thank God I heard that speaker at this moment. I mean, how many times, I can't tell you how many times, like, I, I was sitting... Out there and and hearing the speaker say something, like, oh my god, it's exactly what I needed to hear. I, I needed to hear that actually I'm not as bad as my brain thinks that I am. That I'm a human being who has foibles, and guess what? I'm gonna mess up. And the and the whole the whole key to it is to take that mess up and be like, oh, okay, well. Guess what? You messed up, tomorrow's a new day, start again. It's not, not a big deal. It's when you start to make a big deal out of that mess up. It's like, oh my God, boo, what did I do? I mean, now that, that you eat over it, that's when you eat. Well, for me anyway. So, anyways, um, I don't know what time it is. Um, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to try to wrap it up, except to say this. Look, my, my program now, since the pandemic, um, has been quite horrible. I have to say. Um, You know, I got locked up. (laughs) I got locked up with my wife and kid. Um, My kid's nanny got COVID almost immediately and got long-term COVID. So I, and then he only had one hour of Zoom school. So I became his teacher, his nanny, and his dad for about seven or eight months. I mean, the fact that I didn't eat I have to say, I mean, you know, I don't pat myself on the back that often anymore like I used to. But I will pat myself on the back for that. That you know, the fact that I got through that without breaking my abstinence is honestly, it's a miracle of miracles. Um, And you know, and and having gone through that period, and really not being able to find the time to, to to get to meetings, even on Zoom, it was really bad. And I have to say, the more disconnected I get from program, the worse that I feel, and the closer I get to breaking my abstinence. So I did what I could. You know, I tried to get to one or two Zoom meetings a week. Um, Thank God. Thank God for my sponsor. I mean, no matter what, I called that guy every freaking day. Every day. And just having that connection and being able to just be honest about my feelings, to be honest about my food, to be honest about, you know, um, how I felt about him. <laughs> you know, it was great. And I think that, you know, I, I know that that kept me abstinent. And so... Even that little thread, hanging on – like, honestly, like, I – because, like, for a long time, like, I was, like, on top of the mountain, but I fell off the mountain, but I was hanging on by the smallest of rope The thread this big, but I, but I didn't break my absence. I'm still here, and I'm – I live tell a tale I'm here today, um, and, you know, for all you newcomers out there, this program really is filled with magic and miracles, and sometimes you don't even realize the magic and miracles – when, when they're happening, and that's okay. The, the key to it is to just come back and to keep going through all of the tenets of the program, even if you don't get it, even if you don't you know, believe in a higher power. Um, you know, like I had a couple of sponsees who just did not believe in a higher power, and all I could say was act as if, just pretend, because what's, what is it gonna hurt you? Like, let's just say there is one. It's not gonna hurt you. <laughs> um, so um, anyways uh, thank you all for for indulging me um, and, and listening to my my talk um, I really look forward to hearing everybody else and I guess we have now 10 minutes I could take questions if you guys like or if you want to make fun of me that's fine too I enjoy it <laughs> uh, anyways thank you yes Mike thanks so much um how do you use the program specifically to deal with your kid locked up month after month? Acceptance, man. And repeat the question. Okay, so the question is, how do you deal with your kid being locked up month after month? With, with the program. With the program, right. Well, w- what's good is I'm in OA so that I could take um, narcotics. So I was shooting okay. heroin. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, that's not, that's, that's a joke. It's a joke. Um, so month after month, Honestly, acceptance, acceptance. I kept going, like my sponsor, like every day at the end of the day, he'd be like, hey, this is where you are today. God, he he always says this and it gets me so mad. He's like, God never throws anything in front of you you can't handle. Okay, so guess what? It's your job to be the nanny, the teacher, and the dad all at once for the next eight months. Because at the end of the day, you're going to know that you can do all three and be okay and come out the other side. So, day after day, I kept going to acceptance. I kept okay, okay, God, this is what you want for me. This is what you want for me. And all of a sudden, two months, three months, four months, five months, six months, eight months, we got through it. And I didn't die. I didn't kill my kid. My kid didn't kill me. And we, we, made, we made it through. And... You know, would I want to do that again? No, but I will have to say that that word, acceptance, um, was such a great tool to to fight against, oh, I wish it was that, oh, I wish I, it's a No, it's not. it's not. Sorry, this is your reality. Live in your reality. And I lived in my reality, and I got through it. And here I am, in front of you. Yes? Hi, Carol. Um, is there anything you can want to say about either 11-step um, practice or any 12-step uh, opportunities you've had? <laughs> you mean in life? 12-step, yeah, for programs that people ask you about your program. The I mean, you know, I'm super, I'm super um, upfront about my program. Like, I never hide it. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, how do I use twelve step? How, what opportunities have I had to use the twelve step uh, in my life? Right? Is that is that a good uh, no? No. Yeah. Has someone asked you about your program? Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, someone asked me about my program. Yes. And I'm very upfront about um, that I'm in the program. Um, it took me a little bit, but um, you know, I was ashamed to be in the program for about three years, and then I was a super proud, card-carrying, uh, you know, compulsive overeater after that. I mean, you know, I really was. Um, and people, um, you know, people were like, oh, geez, you don't eat it from a bread basket. What's going on with you? Like, that? that's weird. Like, I didn't used to always say, yeah, well, what changed? And so I would go into it, and, you know, there were a lot of people I don't want to say a lot, but many people in my life that I, that could have used the program, and I just told them, you know, how it worked for me and and you know why it changed my life, and I never I never would push anything, but I always would say, hey, you know, you want to if you're curious, come check it out with me. Always, I always say, yeah, come check it out. You know, just, no pressure. You know, you don't have to. You know, come. You know, it's like what the the person who got me in, the person who being be my wife, uh, said, uh, go to three meetings. Just go to three meetings. Don't judge, you know, because the one the first meeting you go to may be crappy. um, So um, and you may feel weird about it. Just go to three meetings and see how you do. So that's what I'd say to someone. Hey, come to three meetings, see what happens. And um, and I would say. 20% twenty percent of the people would come to meetings I would say eighty percent of like oh that's nice and then they would continue down their road and um, not not ever get recovery i mean and and you know and that's the thing that that always that that um that I have to always remember is that you have to want people have to want to recover you know um no, you know nobody can force anybody to get their recovery you have to be and I learned this the hard way myself, but you have to be an active participant in your own recovery. You know, like no, nobody, nobody's going to, nobody's going to actually, because at three in the morning, who's there with you but you, right? Nobody, man. You're there yourself. So, but, but I, but I do, I am not shy about it. And I'm like, ah, come along, see what happens. It's like, it's like going to a carnival. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else? Yes. Um. Thank you for your share. Uh, I'm just wondering. Your name? Uh, my name is Mary Pat. Hi, Mary Pat. Um. How did your relationship with your higher power, if it did, uh, change or morph? I mean, given the that you had spirituality before, yeah. How through the years or the steps or whatever, how did it morph and? Um, yeah, it's a great question. So the question is, how did my relationship with my higher power more or her change since I got into the program, as before? I'll tell you exactly. I went to my higher power when things were really, really bad, and that was it. Like, you know, like if I got really drunk and I was like, God, please, you know, just get me through this or if there was, like, a bad illness in my family, or if I was in trouble. Being in this program actually got me to use my higher power on all things. And, most importantly, gratitude-wise, when things were going good. I've never in my life went to God when things were going good. When things were going good, it was because of me. Because I was great. But this program, it's like, no, 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 dude. You're co-creating a your reality. You're co-creating everything with your higher power. And the attitude of gratitude is everything. So now, honestly, th- something goes good. The first thing I think about is like, oh, my God, higher power. <laughs> Blah, so I can't even say it. Higher power. Thank you. Thank you for helping co-create this great opportunity. I mean, that was never me. That, and 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 for me, I think the attitude of gratitude creates the law of attraction, where you just get if if you are gra- if you are in gratitude, you just get more goodness because you are not being self-centered about the goodness. You're, you're not taking the credit for it. I think you're you know, connecting to, you know, my belief is like we're all connected, you know, and we're all connected to this, this one energy and like, and if you're in this attitude of gratitude, you're just going to get and get more. And so, um, so that's, that's the huge, big, giant difference. And it's, uh, I think it's an amazing difference for me, you know? So, yeah, that was a great question. Thank you. Anybody else? Oh, Leslie? Work with newcomers. Uh, punch them in the <laughs> face. Yeah. So the, <laughs> the question is how do I work with newcomers? Um gently. I work with newcomers really gently because I, I my my experience with the sponsees that I had, um, they were really at rock bottom and really fragile. And I pass along That which was given to me. And the way that my sponsor... And I know everybody's sponsor is different because I actually had other sponsors who were much more militant and, you know, oh, you know, either you do this or I drop you. Okay, that's not how my sponsor worked with me. I mean, so that's the way that I would work with with newcomers. Be very gentle with them. Understand. I, I say right up front with them, I say, listen, it's okay if you... Don't understand anything about the program right up front. We'll work together. We'll figure it out together. It's okay if your abstinence isn't clear to you right, right away. We'll figure it out together. And most importantly, it's okay. It's okay if you lose if you figure out your absence and you lose it. We just get right back on the horse. But the one thing that I always say to them, the one thing you have to remember is nothing changes if nothing changes right? Just remember, kids, your attic brain got you into these rooms. Your attic brain will not get you out of those rooms. You need the help. You need to be one of many. You need my help. You need the help of all the other fellows. You need the help of your higher power, the steps, the rooms, everything having to do with, with, with 12 steps. But nothing changes if nothing changes. I, I love that I love that saying so much. Um, but yeah. I saw another hand. Did I see another hand somewhere? What? That's time. Thank you.